Fantasy Focus. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Stefania Bell. Today's show is presented by Geico. Let's switch to Geico, see all the ways that you could save. We are here talking about what was the divisional round weekend. Stefania, it is really good to see you. How are you doing, kid? Uh, I'm good. I love that we're friends today. Well, today. I don't know how long that's going to last. Only a few more days, I think. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot to be able to talk about. Stefania and I's team is going to be matching up here in the NFC Championship game. Going to be a lot of fun, but we're going to look back at the games that we had this weekend, talk about some of the things that we saw from them as well as do a little bit of a draft a way too early draft for the top 10 running backs going into 2024 we want to have a little bit of fun with it so it's going to be a very fun show but stefania i'm all in listen i'm gonna save my detroit stuff okay i'm I'm gonna gonna let you know i'm gonna save it once we get to the game i'll talk about it but it was it's been very fun to be able to do let's talk about some of the other games first okay because we got a huge one Huge one that happened with the MVP candidate, Lamar Jackson, and the rookie of the year, soon to be, it seems like, rookie of the year, C.J. Stroud. All I have to say is this, Stefania. C.J. Stroud is awesome. He is so good. I'm so pumped to see what this kid is going to look like the rest of his career and what he's going to look like next year. This Ravens team is so scary. Lamar Jackson is incredible. I don't want to play this Ravens team if I'm any other team in the NFL. They look like the best team in football. The whole time I was watching this game, I was like... Oh, that's why the 49ers got crushed by them oh, on that's Christmas why. night. That's why. Like, they looked really, really good, and they looked good on both sides of the ball. Yes, they did. Um, well, every aspect. Special yeah, teams included. Justin yeah. Tucker's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, yeah, there's. I mean, what, what more is there to say? I think Lamar Jackson, one of the things that makes me happy about him is I just feel like we're always going against the naysayers mm. for Lamar, and in a vacuum, people talk about his talent and his skill, but... I just don't feel like he ever gets the recognition. I felt like he was getting a lot of flowers that night. Yeah. You know, and as he should. A lot of people have been reminiscing about the idea of Lamar wanted a new contract this offseason. A lot of teams are like, nope, not going to do that for Lamar Jackson. Are you kidding me? Meanwhile, those teams are sitting home on their couches right now. Lamar Jackson's getting ready to play for an AFC championship game. So I'll tell you what, this is one of those things. I love being able to see Lamar do what he's doing on the other side of the ball. The Ravens are just so good. I don't want, there's not only other question I have for you. I know where you're going with this. Mark Mark Andrews, Andrews, because we thought we might see him in this game. And look, here's what's encouraging. Remember John Harbaugh said when he got hurt that there was an outside chance if they made it to the playoffs that Mark Andrews could return. And last week he comes back and is a full participant in practice in back-to-back days. Now, they opted not to activate him for this game, which is fine. And I think they're saving him for potentially the championship game. Potentially, it might be the Super Bowl. We don't really know because we don't know all that's happening in the background. Yeah. But the fact that he's been able to get out there and be a full participant in practice after surgery is great. Yeah. And just, you know, if the Ravens can look the way they do right now, Without him, and Isaiah likely, obviously, filling in, you know, aptly at the Very position. Well. Yep. Just think what Mark Andrews brings to them if they can insert him back in. I am totally with you on that. That's when Isaiah likely doing great things in his stead without Mark Andrews being there. Find a way in the end zone, which was fantastic. So hopefully we see Mark Andrews back. I still want to see Isaiah likely out on the field. I want to find a way for the Ravens to get both of those guys involved because I really like Isaiah likely. I think he's a very talented tight end. What do you think they're going to do with Dalvin Cook? 
Because it's interesting. Obviously, he nothing happened yet, but they have signed him, and yeah. we have we have yet to see what. We only saw him a very little bit at the end of the game. It was mostly Maybe a Justice get, Hill, like, Gus yeah, Edwards, like, like get his feet wet, sort yeah. of. A, but I'll tell you what. With the way that these Ravens utilize running backs, Stefania, I don't think anything's off the table. In it's all not honesty. even just utilization, too. I think it's if you've been burned with the injury at the running back position, the way mm. the Ravens have, they probably figured it would be wise to get some extra insurance from a veteran like Dalvin Cook, even if he's really just insurance at this point for them. Yeah. Well, speaking of being burned at the running back position, Stefania, the 49ers took on the Green Bay Packers without the help of, I just wanted to say this is where my transition is, of A.J. Dillon. You saw a lot of Aaron Jones. I thought the 49ers were really good at stopping the run. And then Aaron Jones just goes out there and looks like the second coming of, who's the greatest Green Bay Packer running back of all time? Eddie Lacy? (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. You're fired. You're fired for bringing Eddie Lacy into the conversation. I cannot even believe you said that. He looked, Aaron Jones looked fantastic. Over 100 yards. I don't think anyone's done this against your 49ers so far this year, Stefania. You, you, I, I'm like still I'm stuck so on, I'm still so stuck on Eddie Lacy. You're calling him. You've been seeing like on, back. on Twitter, people are like, name a random tight end. Yeah, yeah, name yeah. Like, that's now why I just did that for running backs. Yeah, there we the, go. Aaron Jones has really popped in the late season and postseason yeah. because remember, he was hurt all year. When did he get hurt, his first injury? Do you remember? Was it week two or week three? Week one. Oh, it was week one. It was week one. So Aaron Jones basically got injured. And injured, remember, this was a hamstring injury that he thought was no big deal. Turns into multiple weeks. Then he comes back, has a separate knee injury, an MCL injury that's worse than the other MCL injuries he had in the past. He really hasn't looked like himself. But boy, it's a heck of a time for him to return to form and uh, really kind of sealed his position not that there was any question about his capability but in terms of the health going into next year uh and Jordan Love I think gives Packers fans a lot to be excited about going forward because I felt like they were playing with house money and that uh, always a disadvantage like the 49ers are under pressure to win it they're expected to go out and perform with all these different weapons that they have and I think the Packers have been this lovely surprise late in the season the postseason and it was a little scary. I'll tell you what, watching that. So as a as a Detroit Lions fan that has watched a lot of this Green Bay Packers team, had a lot of Jordan Love conversation. I, I think everything that you have seen from him this year, especially leading that team into the postseason with one of the youngest teams ever in the history of the game to be able to do what he has done, especially with the shadow of it's your first season finally starting now that Aaron Rodgers is gone. I think this kid has been incredible. I understand end of the game was tough for me. It felt like, and I say this lovingly, it felt like that last throw I was watching vintage Brett Favre, right? (laughs) Throwing off his back foot across the field, doing things. And it's just doing a little too much, a little too much, but um, not going to say I was upset. No, of course you I'll tell you what. I mean, it was terrible. I was like, oh, pick. I'm sorry, oh, Jordan sorry. Love, that it ends that way. But oh. you know what? No one thought you'd get this far. So, you know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> These Packers look fantastic. I think they're going to be formidable. Looking into next year, figuring out what they're going to be. Like, they've got a step to take still. For fantasy purposes, I'm really interested to see uh, what happens in terms of wh- where do they stock up? Because now we know that they have wide receivers aplenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they get more insurance at the running back position? Cause they've dealt with the number of injuries this year. Uh, wh- what else do they need in terms of their defense to really make them, you know, 
top, top yep. in their division. Uh, by the way, I noticed that there is a particular helmet on the table, and I'm looking at my team's helmet just off screen. Yeah, it's sitting under a bunch of footballs over there. <laughs> Who decorated the set? Not Daniel? me. I came in. It was already I mean, decorated. I think you should go get that helmet for me right now. You think so? Yeah, I do. All right. I do. I mean, you bring me in today to the show and then you do not properly. How about yeah. we do this? Yeah. We'll do a bit of this. yeah we're going to. Go. Yeah. Thank you. We'll share it right there. I think it set looks yeah, much better. That looks really nice. It really, really does. Nice. And, and to be honest, this is going to be what everybody's looking at going into next weekend. That's so right. Hey, we've he, done everyone a favor here. Here's a question for you, <laughs> Stefania, to spin this ahead. Speaking of next weekend, are we going to see one Debo Samuel wearing that football helmet on Sunday? I realize it's too early to tell, but what can you tell us about what happened to him? Well, not much. All I know is that if Debo's out for the game... It's not nothing. Sure. And when you saw him later, uh, the way he was holding his arm in his jacket, it's almost like a little sling support. You know, his hand was in his pocket and his arm was at his side. And when he was going to high five, I think it was George Kittle. It was just the right arm and nothing else is moving, right? So I think we just have to watch the practice reports. And the 49ers are probably not going to give away too much until it gets closer. Um, Haven't heard anything that says he won't be playing. But uh, look, it's a different... Different offense Different about team. Devo. Yep. And so you hope that he's available. And hopefully last... I mean, clearly you want to play the best. Absolutely. You if don't you're gonna, want us to be no, without Devo. You got to be full. We want okay. you to be 100%. I mean, ideally, we wanted to play Dallas, like Aiden said. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if we got to take down the 49ers, that's what we'll do. Uh, <laughs> come on, Stefania. Come on. Let me have a little bit of fun here. All right. Well, okay. Let's talk about let's the talk Lions. About, let's talk about your Lions. Lions Bucks. Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you something. I was a little nervous starting this game. I mean, we went at a halftime and it was 10 to 10. It did not look... It was look, a great game. It was a very good back and forth. How about CJ Gardner-Johnson getting a pick on Baker Mayfield after the week that happened? Sportsbooks everywhere were pissed. They're like, dang it, why did we do that? Oh, it was terrible. This is one of those things in watching this team, right? I'm just so unbelievably excited. I watched this offense and this defense respond. I watched them be able to make changes. I watched them be able to do all of these things that in my, you know, we've, we've talked about this. We've seen so many reports about like lions fandom. It's not the same old lions. Like I said, being able to watch this, you know, this game even with mom and dad. Oh, it's it, a, I know it's so special. You posted a dot family photo. I loved did. it. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, the fans were the 12th man here. Incredible. It, that was as loud as I can remember. Yep. And it certainly caused some problems. Yep. Our friend Matthew Berry was there. He already couldn't hear very well going into the game. (laughs) Still can't hear after the game. That's how loud it was. Seems wrong that he was there, not you. Well, we we talked about it a little bit. But yeah, I was, I'll tell you what, this Detroit Lions team looks great. I think in all honesty, the rush defense is as good as it is, as it has been. This is going to be a really fun game against the number two Number two team taking down running backs in the Detroit Lions and the number three team in taking down running backs, the San Francisco 49ers, because what Detroit was able to do. the number one running back in fantasy. And the number one <laughs> running back that you took for your war room lead yes. to lead you to a championship, Jameer Gibbs. He had nine carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. This kid is destined for superstardom. That's all there is to it. I was going to say fantasy chat for a second. Jameer Gibbs next year 
Where do you think he go? People mocked me a little bit for taking him as early as I did. And I yeah. understand it took a while for him to really get integrated into the offense. It, you know, there were a couple of weeks where you were wondering if that was going to pay off. But you know what I heard over and over again? During that looks like uh, looks like the draft capital investment made by the Lions was certainly paying off. Nobody was commenting about him being taken. What was it? 12th overall. Mm-hmm. It sure looked like it was worthwhile in this game when he not only put up what was it? 74 yards on the ground and and a touchdown and the touchdown. And then also, you know, catching passes like he's been doing it his whole life. I mean, what a day for him. Yep. He looks fantastic. I think the only question, and I'm going to save it because we're going to do a little running back draft later on in the show. How high is too high based on the fact that you've got a guy in David Montgomery that this Lions team also wants to use, right? That's the only question we're trying to figure out because the talent and the speed and the explosiveness and the shiftiness, everything, the pass catching ability, they use him at the goal line even. I think the Lions will be one of those teams. They'll be Miami like. They will be able to support two running backs. And I think their offensive firepower is enough that they can support two running backs fantasy wise. It's not necessarily, you know, everybody in fantasy wants to know who's going to be the main guy. And yep. I think you're seeing, you know, the younger Jameer Gibbs is going to offer them a more dynamic presence, but the power. With Montgomery, I mean, he showed a lot this year to yes. me. I didn't, I probably underestimated what his contribution would be coming into this season, and he's not done. Uh, but I, I think they can support two running backs. I agree with that. Let, two years in a row, they have had two top 25 running backs. I think they're the only team two years in a row to be able to do that. Oh, and one other player I want to talk about, Sam Laporta. Uh, because that injury that he had, if anyone saw the video a couple weeks ago, it looked like his season might be over. His knee bowed. He ended up with a bone bruise is what they called it. I'm sure he had a mild sprain of his LCL. There's no really no way he couldn't with that mechanism. Uh, But there he was wearing a knee brace, which was supporting him to kind of offload that joint a little bit. I thought he might be more decoy-like being out there injured and not at all. No, I mean, he was playing so hard. A couple times he looked like he winced to me, maybe a little uncomfortable. You can't move as well in that brace, but he needs it for the protection. That kid's amazing. Yep. Yep. I, I don't know what to say about him other than like the idea that you... You come off of that, right? The rookie season that you've already put up this year, which has been incredible. The idea that he is toughing it out through these playoffs, again, this a lot of this goes back to the Dan Campbell. This is the grit. They went out and identified players that are like, we want football players. And we don't just want smash mouth football players. We want smart guys. We want guys that know what they're doing, where they're going to be on the field. But we want guys that are going to give it 100% every single time. I really think that Matthew Stafford was the model for that before Dan Campbell arrived. And it's like, let's just find more guys like Stafford to be able to always put it on the field for your team. Always leave it out there. But Sam Laporta, spoiler alert, I think Mike Clay has him as tight end one heading into 2024 for fantasy football ahead of Travis Kelsey. Is the rookie tight end, uh, you know, we've long believed you can't draft a rookie tight end in fantasy because they're not going to be productive. Is that that a myth now? Because we're seeing differences. You know, Brock Bowers will be coming into the league next year. Everybody expects him to go in the first round. Yep. People might be looking at Sam Laporte and saying, we're not avoiding a rookie tight end, depending on the system where he where he lands. Absolutely. I mean, for example, who knew the Falcons and what was going to happen with Kyle Pitts, which, by the way, that'll change next year now. Yes, but yes. I, I think that the rookie tight end can't succeed is now something we should be uh, not buying into so much Agreed. coming into the next fantasy season. Agreed. I think that we have to 
just the idea of rookie tight end, no, I'm not going to draft him. That's out the window. You at least have to look at it and figure out the team that they're on, situation that they're in. We're throwing the ball more than we ever have in this game, Stefania, and tight ends are being utilized more as wide receivers, it Pass feels like. Pass happy league, Daniel. Exactly. So, so I, I think we're starting to get to the point that you're talking about, and we've been seeing that more and more. I do want to talk about the Bucks really quickly because I don't want to not talk about Tampa Bay because they, they played their butts off. Not just yesterday, but all, all season long. I think Baker Mayfield looked fantastic. And again, yesterday, throwing for 349 yeah, yards. Secured his job for next year. I mean, Absolutely. all you heard about was Mike Evans giving him a ringing endorsement going into next year. Todd Bowles basically saying that Baker did everything that was asked of him. I felt like Tampa Bay, more than anything, the Buccaneers got a good start heading into next season. Remember this year? Remember? Remember who wanted to draft Mike Evans in fantasy? Nobody. Nobody. I had him on a number of teams because people were avoiding. They just assumed without Tom Brady, his value would go away. Mike Evans had an amazing year. I haven't sat there and put together where his stats fall, you know, year over year. But Mike Evans proved that he hasn't lost a step in playing at all. Still durable at the wide receiver position. And... If anything, the rapport that developed quickly between Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans, uh, the utilization of Rashad White, which we sort of anticipated because we knew they didn't really have anyone else that they were going to lean into at the running back position. But uh, the only question mark I have is what's where does Chris Godwin fit into this? Because, again, super talented, but I still feel like we're not seeing as much on him. Kate Otten. Yes. Now somebody who really, to me, is sort of rising. I feel like the Buccaneers with this game Yes, they lost. It was a tough loss. It was, it was a great t- matchup. Mm-hmm. But people did not. At the start of the year, if you had said they would make it to the divisional round of the playoffs, people would have said you were crazy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that division. It's There's so no good. Way. They're never going to. Yeah. About both of these teams. But yes, definitely about the NFC South with the way you're talking about it. Here's the question. I mean, Mike Evans, wide receiver six on the year when I look at total points. Okay. That's in part that's because- just, I just, I'm trying to, I wish I could pull up where I drafted him, but I think I got him in the Scott Fishbowl League, for example, Late. in like, I want to say it was like the seventh or eighth mm-hmm. round. Ridiculous. Yep. 79 receptions, over 1,200 rushing or receiving yards and 13 touchdowns. That's the thing. He just keeps scoring touchdowns. You ask about Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin had more receptions, 83 receptions, still had a thousand yards receiving, but only had two touchdowns. So yeah, Baker's looking for Mike Evans in the end zone. It, That's it's pretty much obvious. very obvious. Yeah. Yep. So when you look at that, I think right now I would default still. I mean, I would probably still default to Mike Evans heading into next year, but sooner or later we're gonna Mike that Mike Clay inside of me is gonna be like, Well, is he getting too old? Big he's a big wide receiver at six foot five. How much do I worry about those guys getting older rather than the younger slot guys that can still maybe play deeper into their thirties? Maybe, but there is nothing there's no reason other than if you want to side on the arbitrary just because uh, you age pick a number. As a number yeah. And and I don't feel like that's just we haven't seen it with Mike case. Evans yet. Yeah. yeah, he's he's still got plenty left in the tank. Really excited for, for both of these teams going ahead to next year because I think we saw a lot, especially Rashad White, too. And he looked fantastic this year. I think way overperformed expectations based way. on what everyone thought. Yeah. So shout out to him. Uh, him and Mike, Feud, or Mike Clay's feud back and forth at the beginning of the year was very fun. So uh, another good one. And then last game that we have here, Chiefs and Bills. Oh, it's like... I'm so glad I was not really a fan of either team. I could just watch meaning it. like... Yeah. No, I, I love both teams, but like that wasn't my team. Yep. I used my energy up on the Niners the night before, and that was plenty. This game, mm. the back and the fourth, and the back and the fourth, and all the way down to the end. And when it went wide right, 
I've been around long enough to know what wide right wide means right. in Buffalo, and I'm so very sorry for fans who have experienced that before. And it's brutal. I don't. And Josh Allen, who you and I uh-huh. gave him a hard time for all the turnovers, etc. But I thought he really had a fantastic game. He, he did. did it all. He really he did. ran like crazy. I mean, when he needed to advance the ball, he did it with his legs. Uh, the big bomb to Stephon Diggs that he dropped. That's going to be an interesting offseason mm-hmm. discussion. See I saw what. a lot of people, too, taking shots at Josh Allen with, like, there was a, a play where he took a shot deep down the field, sort of had someone right down the middle of the field. I forget which wide receiver it was. And he could have gone underneath to Stephon Diggs to pick up a oh, first right, down. Oh, right, right, right. But, like, I, I thought Josh made a great call on that. I thought that that pass was open. It was a great shot. He had a, a easy window, and I think he just, you know, him and the wide receiver weren't on the same page. But all things considered, for all the stuff that I said about Josh Allen this year, he's always been one of the best quarterbacks in football, even with the turnovers. And it's so obvious when you watched him in the playoffs, the way that he runs the football, the way that he just carries himself. He is the de facto leader of this team. What Josh Allen does is how the Bills are going to go, period. And, you know, it's funny because um, I've heard from Bills fans in the past that I don't give enough credit to Josh Allen for oh, playing yeah. through injuries. And, and he, we, we know last year he dealt with the elbow problem. And this year, you know, anytime he's banged up, he deflects. I mean, he's kind of like Jalen Hurts that way. So yep. a little bit of it is on him. I mean, he doesn't complain and he's very, very tough. We know that. But yesterday I thought. And, you know, listen, referee talk has been going on throughout the season. There are oh, a lot really? of, yeah. I've As never heard Lions, about them once. Yeah, As a Lions fan, you might have a particular game that stands out to you. But there was one play yesterday. So Josh Allen was on the move mm. and he gets, was this one where he got tackled by DeMar Hamlin or either that or the, I, I might be confusing two plays, but there was a point where forward progress was stopped. And Josh Allen's getting held up and then the Chiefs keep coming at him, pushing him back, and then he goes to the ground. And I fully expected a flag to be called. And I Me think too. the announcers did too. Yeah, the big defensive like, whoa, whoa, tackle whoa. at the end kind of came over his helmet, like over his face as but, a part of it. But and they took him to the ground and the whistle's blowing. And yep. I get it that you're it's the heat of the moment. But when a quarterback is going to the ground, this in this day and age, that's when the flags are thrown. And I thought, this is where I think Josh Allen does not get the benefit of the doubt because he's such a tough guy. And Superman. I think in that yeah. instance, and again, I'm not, I, I can't, we can't have the video here to, to show you guys. But I think in that instance, he was the ball carrier and he does it as a runner. So he takes the lumps because obviously you can take down a runner differently. But in this case, it was so clear that it was stopped. And then he had this whole pile ends up on top of him. And I thought, find me another quarterback in the league who ends up in that position and there's no laundry. Yeah. Bryce Young or, or Kyler Murray or one of the smaller guys in the league is in that spot and you don't. Or one of the louder ones who's like, hey, where's my flag? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just I wanted to acknowledge for Bills fans that I saw that and I was surprised. The last thing I want to say really quickly is we talked about rookie tight ends. Obviously, Sam Laporta has been the story for this year, but Dalton Kincaid, uh, like awesome. I thought he did awesome. And his season was definitely impacted by Dawson Knox, right? If he had just had this this tight end room like Sam Laporta did all to himself, we could be having a totally different conversation. But when we saw Dalton Kincaid get the opportunities that he got, he looked fantastic. And another reason why we think rookie tight ends, like that, that's just a dead narrative. I'm not as concerned about it as I used to be. Yeah, especially if they're set up in an offense where you know they're going to be looking to throw the ball to them, and yep. clearly there's plenty more opportunity for that for Dalton Kincaid. You are not wrong. Hey, we oh, didn't say a whole Shakir. lot about Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir, I just, you know, looking forward to fantasy next year. 
he's somebody to keep an eye on. I thought his talent uh, exceeded any expectations that anybody had of him. He moves up the charts. For I me. was told that Travis Kelsey has been struggling. Did he struggle in this one? Because I thought he had five catches for <laughs> 75 yards two and two touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the same song, different verse, right? When, when Pat Mahomes is in trouble or when he needs something to happen, who does he look for? You know what's interesting to me? And uh, then we can move on. But Travis Kelsey never looks fast, right? He, right. Doesn't, he doesn't look like he's got elite speed. But whenever he puts a move on a defender, like, he he makes a move and he beats them into the end zone. You, you see it all the time. You think he's a big lumbering guy. You would think that they could take him down, but he makes these moves. He's so agile. Deceptively a, quick. Yeah, yep. he's so agile, and that's still there. So if you're if you're putting this in the context of we talked about Travis Kelsey, he's a little bit older in the story of tight ends. He maybe didn't have as productive a season from fantasy perspective as he did last year. But man, the guy can still move. Yes, absolutely. No doubt. He's not the only one. Isaiah Pacheco was pretty fantastic. And Stefania, rather than just talk about Pacheco here, let's move ahead and talk about our running back redraft where I think Isaiah may show up. We'll find out on this one. Here's what you and I are going to do. Originally, Mike Clay was going to be a part of the show, but But Mike, Mike Clay had to drop. You know what? See these two helmets on the table? Oh, Stefania. Mike didn't want to come. Fire! (laughs) I mean, you know, it's hard. It's tough. It's tough. So we were going to do a (laughs) three-person back-to-back-to-back mock draft of just the top 15 running backs with no Mike. Stefania and I are going to do the top 10. We're going to go back and forth for 2024, looking back at this season and just saying, hey, you know what? Projecting ahead a little bit, way too early, because there have been a lot of things that are still going to change. Coordinators, head coaches, free agency, the draft. All this is way too early. please put all those caveats yes. because I when I when we hear from people like oh my god I can't believe you said I just don't know what some of these teams this are is a conversation like. we're having fun right now we're just talking are about we? some of the players we just well I am okay I am I hope that you are too Stefania so let's dive right in I will give you the number one pick maybe so you can have even more fun <laughs> who are you taking number one overall in this draft it's a really hard choice but I'm just going to go with the guy who is number one overall in fantasy points amongst running backs this year and you know which team he plays for yep San Francisco 49 that's Christian McCaffrey yep I mean, what's not to love? 1,459 rushing yards. That's just the rushing. And we know he's one of the best pass-catching running backs. Uh, 14 rushing touchdowns, seven receiving touchdowns on the year. Christian McCaffrey is so good. You know what's really interesting? I saw somebody saying, if uh, I think it was Jordan Ronan who covers the Giants for us. And I actually, I thought this tweet was, uh, was a good one. He said, the running backs... Need Christian need the 49ers to win the Super Bowl because Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. will become the defining re- reason. Like he is the reason you pay a running back to take your team all the way. And clearly, when the 49ers went and acquired Christian McCaffrey, that, that was, was their, their plan. Yeah. Until you know he had to play quarterback for a bit because the the Eagles hurt um, Brock Purdy. But Christian McCaffrey this year has been available. Um, you know, largely considering how much he sees the field, yep. he's been incredible. Oh yeah, and there is nothing to suggest that he is slowing down or that the wheels are going to come off anytime soon. Nope, I'm totally with you on that. And this offense looks like it's going to remain the same. Doesn't not going to have a ton of shakeup within it. Doesn't seem like so. I'm totally with you. Christian McCaffrey would be my number one pick. My okay. number two pick. Here's yep. where I go. Yep, I got to take Brees Hall. Brees Hall and everything that he did this year. Brees Hall had eight games with 18 or more fantasy points. On that Jets team, that was awful, where everyone knew all they were going to do was just run the ball. If they had a quarterback 
Think about what Brees Hall could have done on that team with the way that he's utilized, not just as a runner and the guy that gets all the goal line work. He's a five box running back. That's what Al Zeidenfeld talks about all the time. Okay. He gets all the running back work. He gets all of the passing game work. He gets all the goal line work. I mean, it's one of those things where when you look at the running back in New York, for the Jets, it is one guy and one guy only. And if there was a better quarterback under center to help defenses be more, uh, not be able to stack so many guys in the box, that's only going to make Brees Hall better. With Aaron Rodgers coming back next year, I think that Brees Hall is an easy top three back. So he's my number two back. I'm taking him here. Stephane. I think he also proved he's quarterback proof. I mean, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter who's also, coming back off an injury, right? right? And and in his final six games of this past season, he averaged 116 yards from scrimmage. That's good. And if you think about the fact that, you know, I sort of projected that the back half of Brees Hall's season would be the part where we would see the original Brees Hall. Like everything about his rehab had gone well, but they were easing him into the offense start of the year because he was coming off the injury. Yep. And he just hit that um that point of looking like his old self. Yeah sooner than what I would have projected. So I was kind of giving him the back half of the season. I would say it was really the back three quarters we got. So if you look at the fantasy points now and you look at that, he averaged 116 yards from scrimmage in the last six games and you extrapolate that across the year, think of what he could be. Mm -hmm. I think we all, I don't want to say bought into because there was reason why we did it, Stefania, but we all bought into the Dalvin Cook narrative is going to impact Brees Hall sooner rather than later. Not only did it not really impact Brees Hall, but Dalvin Cook didn't really impact Dalvin Cook a whole lot within this offense. And so, uh, yeah, I think he came at, you know, it's tough because I don't know how much of it is like, Oh, Dalvin Cook isn't useful anymore. Obviously the I'm not Raven, saying he's washed. They just didn't want to use him. They didn't want to use him, but he was also, he had, was coming off a procedure that he had had done. He was not, he was coming into a camp where he hadn't really done anything, you know, First year and, on a team, it's not right, like he knows everything. Right. Yeah. So he was a late start. Like if he'd had all training camp, he'd worked with them. It might've been a different story. All right. This is a snake draft, Stefania. <laughs> so this is not me being rude. I'm going to take the yeah, third pick as well rude. for what it's worth. And I'm going to go with Kyron Williams. You want to know why? I mean, because he was RB2 in fantasy points per game behind your guy, Christian McCaffrey. When you look at what he did, he is so utilized as a pass catcher. He gets the ball. He's the only one in that Rams backfield, right? With Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup as the two obvious pass catchers there. Is there another running back for the Rams in a league where we talk about so often you're going to have some carries vultured away? Kyron Williams just doesn't really have that. Utilized at the goal line. Utilized as a pass catcher. Trusted by Matthew Stafford with the way that they're utilizing Kyron Williams. It seems crazy to me that we didn't even have this guy drafted inside our top 15, outside our top 20 this year. I, I had him in a fantasy league. Oh, same thing, Scott Fishbowl. I mean, that's part of the reason. Like, I had a couple players who outperformed the expectations. We saw a hint mm -hmm. of what the Rams, we saw that Sean McVay believed in Kyron Williams, oh, but yeah. then there was an injury last year that cut his time short. The problem was when they brought him back this year, there, were, there was like one game where he was on the field for 100% of the snaps. Yep. And you cannot do that to a running back and expect them to have longevity. And the Rams recognized that. But try as they might, it was hard to take him yep. off the field because he was so darn good when he was on it. Exactly. that They didn't want to take him away. But... He counted for 48% of their touches in the months of December and January during the regular season. He was still touching the ball a ton, 
even when he was not playing every single down of offense. So yep. uh, Kyron Williams, again, volume, what do they talk about? You know, opportunity and availability. He was mostly available this year, and the opportunity is certainly there, and I don't think that's changing. He had nine games, nine of his 12 games. He had at least 17 fantasy points. That's incredible um, when you look at this. Like, I feel like you look at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's unreal for a guy that missed as much time as he did. And by the way, that catches the ball as much as he does as well. Another one of these guys, not as big of a name value as some of the other players on this list, but someone whose name fantasy players are going to start recognizing more and more often starting with next year. I love Kyron Williams. Who do you got for your next two picks, Tanya? Uh, so this is where it starts to get dicey, yes, right? Because I'm going to start going into the, well, what is happening with this team uh-huh. conversation. Mm-hmm. So that probably gives you a hint of yes, where I'm it going. Does. Uh, but there's a running back who we all think is extremely talented, maybe wasn't showcased quite to his potential. Uh, when he a lot was, of Eddie Lacy conversation on today's show. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I I can't with you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Wasn't Eddie Lacy the one that everybody was always talking about his diet? It might have been. He was a bigger guy. He he had some. uh, Wasn't that the conversation always was like, "What's he doing with? Am am I am I remembering the right thing?" He ran a four six (laughs) forty. So the answer might be. Uh, I'm going to have to look at that in a minute. Anyways, Um, I totally took away from you running back. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But I'm going to go with Bijan Robinson. Makes because sense. even without knowing he's too talented, right? But we saw glimpses of it. We just, we felt all along like he was underutilized and we know that he is Remember when he went into the draft, mm-hmm. his thing to teams was don't think of me as a running back. Think of me as an offensive weapon, as a playmaker, you know, a yep. playmaker. Yep. And that's what he was in those brief opportunities. We got to see it, but it just wasn't enough. He had at least 50 receiving yards in three of his final five games. So when they opened, and again, they I think they got a little more desperate near the end when obviously the Falcons weren't winning as much as everybody thought they should be, Definitely. given the talent they had. Um, he's good at catching the ball. We knew that with him coming out of college. We just didn't get the opportunity to see him enough on the field. But I think uh, good things are ahead for this Falcons offense. Uh, the division they play in, I don't think that there's going to there's nothing right now that scares me. So I think Bijan Robinson has a chance to make a huge leap next year, and he, it, he'll be better. You know, another year in the league, it, you know, he's not a rookie anymore. Uh, it remains to be seen who will be coaching. It's kind of fun to think about, though. I mean, look at all the people who are you know doing these interviews now, including this one um, this one this guy, guy named, who's won a few Super Bowls. Might know how to deploy running backs. You know? I, I was going to say that it, no matter what the situation is, it almost feels like his utilization isn't going to be, be worse. worse than what it was <laughs> this year. Right. And I don't say that worse. to be snarky, but no, like that is, it does just a fact. If we're, if we're projecting forward, even without knowing everything, I am totally with you because of that, Stefania. All right. Okay. This so is where this I don't, is, oh, it's my turn. You better right? watch yourself. I know it's your turn and I'm worried about who you're going to take here, Stefania. Um, let's see. Who does Daniel want? Well, who do you think Daniel Jameer wants? Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's who I'm taking is Jameer Gibbs. And now it, we're leapfrogging a little bit. Like if you look at performance from last year, um, the one guy that it, that we clearly are skipping is Raheem Mostert. And he put up so many fantasy points because of all the touchdowns. 18 Raheem, touchdowns. Raheem Mostert had 18 touchdowns. Yep. He had an unbelievable season. 
Uh, Devani Chan is the up and comer in Miami, but clearly we were talking about teams that support two running backs for fantasy. Miami is one. I don't think that changes, but if Mike were here, I know he'd be talking regression with a capital R. Like he would be like, that's unsustainable. That cannot happen again. You know, that was lucky that all these things that he would give me from his smart computer and brain for what it's worth. Uh, Raheem Mostert, 18 rushing touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns. I just want to make sure. So 21 total, but 18 on the ground, 18 on the ground. And just, and, and he was running really, really well. He he got banged up at the end of the year. And you know, it is a bit of a roll of the dice with him now. I mean, he's definitely, now he's had more mileage in the last couple of years because he's been utilized so much in Miami. That was one of the things, even though I believe he's 31. I can tell you I, in a second. I, if if I'm keep... remembering correctly. But anyway, he's been around the league for a while. He's 31. Yeah, yep. he's a journeyman who had played, he was a role player in different teams, but he had never really had that starting caliber workload. Yeah. And so now that he's been utilized so much more in Miami, although I have to say it's a great fit for him and obviously the weather, if you, if you want to get in, that actually makes a difference, I believe, on these running backs uh, with, with their knees and their joints. So I just don't know that any, that that is sustainable and I'm going to go with the youth movement with Bijan and then Jameer Gibbs because I saw the elevation <coughs> bless you oh my gosh now Daniel's trying to make me feel bad for him <coughs> bless you Daniel by sneezing so I'm that I feel thieves. I, <laughs> Sorry. I feel That's guilty amazing. for yes. taking your running back well but, you should um, actually you should look at you it this way you took your running back and my running back Stefania come on but I think you should take it as a form of flattery. It is. It is a compliment. You know, like yes. somebody actually wants the Lions running back. That's Look right. at it that way. I like that. I'm there with you. There were years where that might not be said, the you on, know? Only question for me with Jameer Gibbs, and I think it's the same question that you would have, is this is the first time, first person on this list that has someone else. Well, I, I should say this. Bijan Robinson, I don't think is going to have Tyler Algier split as Not often as he did this year. this year, no. And I don't think that Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson will have the same split next year that David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs will have. So I think that this is the first running back on the list where you're looking at more of a committee, but everything that you saw out of Jameer Gibbs, that explosiveness, the speed, like I said, the pass catching ability, any play, he can take it to the house. By the way, if you aren't watching Lions games, and I understand not everyone watches my team, but if you aren't watching Lions games, Jameer Gibbs looks kind of slight. You know, he's a, he's a thinner yeah. guy. He runs so hard. You would not expect him Isaiah to carry Pacheco guys. Hard? It's like that. It's kind of one of those things. You see Alvin Kamara where it's just like you, you think a guy like that is going to go down, but the balance that they've worked on, their the ability balance, to stand up, it's That's huge. actually a great point. There was a play that they slowed down where it looked like Jameer, like there's no way he can stay on his feet. You're, they're almost horizontal. Yeah. And that is really a testament to all the work they do in the off season for body control, core strength, etc. cetera. Uh, that being young and all of that, <laughs> put together plus his he has this quick cut ability if you've seen it with Jameer oh. Gibbs where he makes this cut it's so fast he just leaves the defender in the dust because he doesn't he doesn't give up that he's going to make it and Dan Campbell actually talked about this I think earlier in the year when he was talking about they wanted they wanted they were watching Jameer Gibbs develop and it was interesting because it, we listen Austin Eckler you know we 
fantasy friendly Austin Eckler. So yep. um, I, I listened to what he talks about when he's talking about other running backs. And he was saying a lot of people don't see it, um, but you can give things away with your eyes. You know, so how when you're facing a defender, how are you able to make cuts but not give it away? How can Ooh. you wait a little bit longer until you make a directional change so that you're going to be the beneficiary of right. out, outrunning the defender? And that's what Jameer Gibbs started to show and got better and better at it. And I think that's why the Lions started to increase his utilization. They saw this from him. That's only going to get better. Yep. So I think that his role just continues to grow. And uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. I just drafted him. Sorry, but not sorry about it. He's going to be a very good running back in 2024. All right. I got two picks back to back here, Stefania. I'm going to go with the running back that we just faced. Because I think he is legit. Rashad White is going to be my guy. I take here next. 990 rushing yards plus six rushing touchdowns. And he had 64 catches for another 549 yards and three touchdowns. So altogether, a total of almost 50, over 1,500 total yards and nine touchdowns with 64 receptions. I think Rashad White is going to continue to be utilized within this Bucks offense. We talked about it. And Mike, this is where the whole joke with Mike came there's not a lot behind Rashad White within that Buccaneers backfield. And so for them to be able to rely on Rashad, not just as a runner, but as a pass catcher, I think he's going to continue to be this guy. They may go through and add someone. Apologies to Jackson Agello because he loves his guy there from uh, from Syracuse, Sean Tucker, I believe. Is that what it is? Is it Sean Tucker? Is that right? Am I making that up? Oh, he's going to get so mad at me oh, when I don't remember yeah, what it was. He is going to get mad at you. Uh, but I'm, 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 pretty sure, you I'm pretty sure it's Sean Tucker. Yes. Bam, I nailed it. Go orange. All right. And then uh, after Rashad White, because I think he's going to keep, he's Mm -hmm. just going to be a feature back. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. We only saw him for 10 games this year, Stefania. But I think that once you get more Anthony Richardson back, this team is going to figure out how they can utilize both of these guys together. And it's going to be really tough for defenses to figure out how are they going to stop both Anthony Richardson as a passer and as a rusher with how big he is with those legs while also being able to stop and contain Jonathan Taylor, who might be one of the best pure runners in the game as it is. Like I said, we only saw him for 10 games this year. It wasn't full complement of Jonathan Taylor. A lot of times he was split in time with Zach Moss, but I'm in on JT coming back next year with a fuller complement of weapons for that Indianapolis Colts offense. All right. Where are you going with your next two picks? Kid? Oh, this is hard. This is where it starts, you know. Ugh. Give me some idea. Where are you where are you what are you struggling between? Talk me talk me in the audience through I'm your thought t- process. I'm struggling between I'm struggling with us doing this in uh January. <laughs> I know that these It's okay. It, we can't it's, be it's, it. it's try I know, but still when I'm trying to think about it, I'm logistically thinking what does this team look like? What it, because this could be just a, a, a disaster. Um, and like, where, where's Derrick Henry going to play? This is question. one of my big, like Derrick Henry in the right setup could be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, what if there was a Derrick Henry in Dallas? As like a Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard combo is what yeah, you're saying? Because, well, because to- I, we, that's a whole different conversation, but obviously the expectations and the delivery for Pollard were, yeah, there was a big gap. Spoiler alert for me. A lot of reasons. Pollard's not going to make my top 10 this. Well, I, you, I wouldn't think so right now, but I look at someone like Derek Henry, who I believe still has a ton left in him, but I feel like he's got to be in the right setup. Right place. And he could, he, he's still going to be the power guy. So the touchdown opportunity could definitely be there if he's in the right situation. 
So I'm looking at Derrick Henry and I'm kind of intrigued by that. I'm also looking at Travis Etienne, who we've basically ignored yep. now, who came in. Where do you think he ranked in running backs this Coming year? Coming into the season? No, I mean, at the end of the regular season. Oh, he was a top 10 guy. Was he seventh? Maybe? Where Third. was he at? Third? Third. Third in fantasy points? Third in fantasy points. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now. So Christian McCaffrey had 391.3. Okay. Uh, Number two on that list. Brees I, Hall. I think 290.5. Yep. And third is Travis Etienne with 282.4. Wow. Averaging 16.6 fantasy points per game. Now, obviously, there were some games where it was less than that. But when the team won, he averaged 20.8 points per game. When they lost, he averaged 11.9. So I don't know exactly what that says, but it'd be something like I want to go back and look at the differences in those games and see what happened that was different. Yeah, A um, lot more touchdowns in the games that they won versus the games that they lost. So certainly that was a big part of it. But Travis Etienne, we kept hearing there was going to be this uh, takeaway that uh, Tank was going to be somebody who was going to take opportunity away from him. I don't think that really necessarily happened. No. And clearly the rapport between um, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne is very strong. I just don't know what all the offense, including the offensive line is going to look like for Jacksonville. So it's a little, it's a little bit tough, but I'm probably going to go next with, because of the, because of the pass catching edge. And because I think that in their division, they can be much better. Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne. All right. So he had 58 receptions on the year, by the way, that was running back six on top of a thousand yard rushing season on top of having 11 rushing touchdowns. So there was a lot to be able to bank on there. If you want to be a Travis Etienne manager heading into next year, the question for me is, is it going to continue because this year's Jaguars and I'm not saying no, Well, here we are with the problem of doing this in January. Right. Like like, Calvin Ridley. What is that? What is that going to look like? Is that going to be a thing? And what is it going to look like? We didn't see Christian Kirk like we saw him last year in part because we added Calvin Ridley to this offense, trying to figure out what that's going to look like. So, and Evan Engram, another year older, oh, he, he was fantastic and has Evan been fantastic. Evan Engram had a year. Had another great year. Yeah, there's no, like, to me, there's, yeah. Evan Engram cemented another year. All right, himself. so ETN comes off the board. That's yep. one pick for so you, Stefania. You oh, you got two. Yeah, back. Are you going Derrick Henry with your second yeah, one? Yeah, okay. I did. I did Derrick, Derrick Henry, Henry and, and Travis ETN. Yeah. All right, so then I got two back-to-back here. This one do is, you? I or think so. Are we at so. round five? No. I've got, I can't do math. I've got so three. So I've got two back to me and then one back to you. Okay. Um, oh, I guess we're going longer. Are we? I thought I did. Did I do this wrong? No, <laughs> I, I don't. I think I did it right. I can't do math. One, two. There was, you said there JT would be Rashad. no math. Oh, you're right. I get one pick. Oh, Dang my gosh. It. I mean. All right. So right now I've got Brees Hall, Kyron Williams, Rashad White, more. and Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to go with James Cook. I he thought was, about he was in my mix. James I, Cook was in my mix too because we saw the change. When you know, I'm a Ken Dorsey fan. Yeah, go the you. But um, you saw that change. You saw the change specifically when it came to James Cook. Yep. Uh, when they made the coordinator change, and and I think his value to that offense, um, you know, excluding sort of some of yesterday, but I think that. There's no reason to think that's going to change. Right? I think once you saw it on the field, second half of the season, like you said, once Joe Brady took over, it was obvious. This is one of the elements within the Bills offense that has been missing. 
because Josh Allen does so much stuff to be able to manufacture touches and yards for this offense, but you've got other guys that you can trust, right? So being able to find a way to be able to have a good running game, a good running component to all the other things that Josh does, and it doesn't mean he needs to stop running, but when you got a guy like James Cook, another guy that is very explosive, quick, strong runner, I like, again, the idea that he got utilized towards the second half of the year. You didn't see it for the full season, yep. and that's okay. Second half of the year utilization, I thought these Bills team was better because of that, and I think that's going to continue into 2024. Give me James Cook as a guy that's going to continue flying up draft boards, Stefania. Here's what's going to be interesting is we're doing this. We're looking at the end of 2023 season numbers, and we're projecting forward to who do we want next year. Mm-hmm. When we, by the time we get to fantasy draft season – and people have had time to, you know, study all these results and look ahead to next year and see what the situations are, obviously. Part of what we loved when we were talking about these games and then our running back draft was the value, yeah. right? These are guys that you did not expect A, yep. and they delivered, you know, A+. Plus. And everybody's going to know now. The secret's out. The secret's out. Jameer Gibbs, like, I can't get him in the nope. 12th round or whatever. I don't think it was 12th round. Um, I got Devon Achan in the 12th, in the 12th round, round, and I won't get sure. him in the 12th round anymore. But, you know, people know now what they've seen. James Cook, people have seen a little bit more where they were reluctant to draft him last year. Yep. By the so, way, James Cook, this is a little surprising to me. James Cook, fourth in rushing yards this year. CMC was first. Your guy, Derrick Henry, was second. My guy, Kyron Williams, was third. And he was fourth in the NFL with 1,122 rushing yards. So, yeah, just short on the touchdowns. I mean, that's where that's we didn't get a ton of uh, Some good passing James Cook too. in the end zone. But no. yeah, any, yeah. any running back who can catch passes is clearly the more... That's, that's who you're looking for in and these, in our PPR leagues. We say this all the time and then I'll stop talking so that you can say your stuff, but like, uh, how often do you want to make sure that you have a guy in an offense that is a good offense that scores a lot of points and the bills have been that. But one of the things that we've said about the bills is when the bills score points, it's not through their running backs. A lot of times it's starting to make, hopefully a little bit of a shift. If you get James cook more involved, hopefully we get to a point where we start to see more points come from the running back position. So I like him. I'm pumped for next year. I love, there's a bunch of young running backs I that mean, are really excited. You know who else we didn't talk about who I think could, like, is Isaiah Pacheco. Like, to me, he's- Is he your like last a, one? Or is, no, no, no. We're done. Oh, you already had your five. Yeah. Oh, wow. See Isaiah Pacheco didn't make the list. Saquon Barkley didn't make the list. I know. And it, a lot of, for me, Isaiah Pacheco, we, the Kansas City didn't use him consistently the mm-hmm. way we would hope. And, but by the end of the season, you saw him running. There's no one runs harder so in hard. this league. <laughs> no one runs harder yes. than this kid. And I, I think he he was manufacturing first downs when they couldn't get them otherwise. Yep. So um, I think Isaiah Pacheco, the potential for him goes up. We haven't seen in the past really that they wanted to commit to a single running back. I don't know if the fact Jarek McKinnon was on IR, it also opened up some things for them. Um, but even Clyde edwards Lair flashed a little bit yesterday it too. You know, we saw that he's not, he's not done. Yeah. Like he was able to do a few things, but Isaiah Pacheco, clearly the number one in Kansas city. You talk about a team that normally produces a lot on offense, maybe a little bit less. So this year, but no, he's one who's outside our top 10 Alvin Kamara, who like another guy, I, I just don't know what the saints offense really looks like. I want to see the changes they make. Um, uh, 
Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Now that, that we know that Antonio Pierce is going to be the head coach, he loves. Did you see what he was talking about? Saying like Josh Jacobs not coming off the field. Oh they, yeah. They want you know twenty plus carries for him every single game. They want to get him over a hundred yards a game. The way Antonio Pierce is talking, if Josh Jacobs, there's no reason to think he's down on the talent. Like that's the potential for a top ten running back. So for. here are all these guys that didn't make it. In our way too early draft. Way too early for the record. Again, just stating way too early because so many things are going to happen. Hey, let's look at a full screen and you guys have a poll available to you right now on our YouTube channel. You can put out which side you would rather have. Stefania Bell's running backs. She took CMC, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Travis Etienne, and Derek Henry. That's a really good list, Stefania. And if you want to vote for it's her, you can go do that. It's the winning list. Well, Come on, kids. It is a me. list. On the other side, I took a handful of running backs that are also pretty good at what they do. Brees yeah, Hall, Kyron Williams, Rashad White, Jonathan Taylor, and James Cook. I still cannot believe that you took both CMC and Jameer Gibbs. One of the rules is you always allow the other host to have the running back on their team, Stefania. Do you? Is that a rule? Where's the rule? I, I did don't, it to I don't you know when I gave rule. you the first overall pick. Was that your choice? Or was no, that was a producer that was a Tyler's producer. The producer choice. told me that I had to yeah, give it to that's you. That's right. what it was. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, um, we're we're competitive here. Oh, yeah. Fantasy Focus. So I love you and everything, but I don't ever want to lose to you. Yes, I agree. And I'm sorry, but that includes this weekend. Go Niners. I love you as well. I also don't want to lose to you this weekend. Go Lions. So I think that's sort of like a friendly board bet. I think it's going to be a wager on yeah, this. Something. There's got to be something. We got to have a wager for this game. We'll have to figure this out. What? Go ahead and send us where you think the wager should be. Bam. And keep it, you know, it's a family program. Yes. Let's say, you know. Correct. Food and beverage is a good. Those are always good. Yeah. Those are, those are good um, yep. wager outcomes, you know. I love it. What would I get from Detroit? I can tell you with San Francisco. I mean, Napa wine, San Francisco sourdough. Oh, yeah. I'm all the good stuff. My buddy. What, uh, what am I getting from Detroit? From Detroit itself? You I wanna, actually had this really good pizza there once. And people Detroit were telling style me. Great. Detroit style pizza. Yeah. And I did people not know that was a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Check it out. Detroit style pizza. I'll just say this really quickly. We take the cheese all the way to the edge so that it gets all like crispy and caramelized and it's, oh, it's everything you ever wanted. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh I currently have 75% of the vote. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Come on. It's because you drafted Jameer Gibbs. That's why everyone knows where the talent is at and it is in Detroit. It's TMC. Come on. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you for hanging out with us. This was a ton of fun. We'll be back next week. Make sure that you watch. The playoff games. Stefania and I will be glued to our TV this Sunday. <sighs> Think of us kindly while you're watching the game, knowing what we are going through. I'm going to be very nervous. Oh, you All week, I'm just going to be a bundle of nerves thinking I about know. this. But I'm very Luckily excited. Luckily for you, I'll be in California. I'll be oh. in Southern California, so I won't be at the game, but I'll be with family so that we can all be nervous together. It's the best way to watch the game. Best way to do it. All right, guys, we love you. Be kind to each other. Be kind to yourselves. You deserve it. We cannot wait to see you next week. Have fun this week. Be safe. Wear your seatbelt and make sure that you put on a coat. It's chilly out there. We'll see you next week. Peace. Secret, not a mystery. The one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through. With the hippest beard, I'm telling you.
Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.